welcome to The Fandom Show, the show where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I'm one of your hosts, Stephanie Malik. I am your other host, Kaya Green. Hello. Hello. Uh, today, we are focusing on the pop culture phenomenon that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Steph, are you excited? I'm constantly excited. Okay, but in this case, specifically about Drag Race, scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you? I'm going to say 9.9. Whoa. Whoa. There is a point one excitement that is missing there, and why? Uh, the point one that excitement <laughs> that is missing, uh, thank you for asking, is because <laughs> I have not watched the most recent seasons uh, of the show. Uh, our guest, Nikki, uh, for those uh, who would like to know, uh, Nikki's making a gasp face at me right now. I feel ashamed. Steph, you're getting ahead of it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, ignore that. Uh, um, so today we're talking about Drag Race. So yeah. uh, Steph, you, you and I both uh, know a little bit about Drag Race. What do you know about this this show, this phenomenon, this zeitgeist? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Kaya. <laughs> I have watched all of the seasons uh, in order. One, two, thirteen, I believe, is where they ended up at. Uh, all of the All-Stars. I have not gone to anything like DragCon. Uh, I have seen some of the queens live in person uh, and traveled to see them, but uh, it's fairly generalist. I'm not a deep diver on this fandom, um, but I know enough to be able to have a conversation. Right. So if I were like, uh, who got eliminated fifth in season five, you'd be like, get, what? Get, yeah, <laughs> get, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And how about you, Kai? What do you know about Drag well, Race? Well, let's see. Um, so I got introduced to Drag Race after I went through a breakup and was staying at my very, very gay friend's house. Um, and he was like, you're sad. Watch this. Taylor's uh, all the time. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I went uh, deep into the world where not the only thing that matters is your lace front wig. Um, um, and that was very comforting. Uh, so I have since uh, gone back and watched all the seasons. I started at season five, and I have since watched all of them, I think, except some of the international ones like Australia and uh, the most recent one I have not gotten to watch. I think it's the, the Canada's Drag Race most recent uh, season. I have not watched, but uh, I've seen them all. I feel like I have uh, pretty much the same as you, like uh, passing water cooler knowledge. I have some favorites. Uh, I have some opinions, but I am by no means uh, like very well educated in it. Uh, I only started watching Untucked like two years in because I got bullied you by were, someone. You were only getting half the story. I was only getting half the story. As I was, as was explained to me by who? Who explained that to me, Steph? Uh, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> um, that was explained by our incredible guest today. We're so excited to talk to him about this. Uh, Nikki Nazarel is a Toronto-based, uh, Ottawa-born drag queen, musical wonder, and all-around incredible performer. Uh, you can see them performing as Selena Vile online and around the city of Toronto and apparently Winnipeg. Uh, soon, and their Drag Race podcast, Squirrel Talk, is available wherever you get your podcasts. So please, please, please uh, say hello to Nikki Nazarella. How are you doing? It's me. I'm the bully. Nikki! <laughs> We've set you up as a very antagonistic force, but you are no such thing, of course. I own it, though. I really did harp on you about that. But and you. That, yeah, yeah, both yeah, of you. Yeah, bo both, both of us, which you were right to do, to be yeah. fair. And also, you made it much easier for us to watch a lot of that because uh, it's because of you that we had the platform to do so. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of comedians who at the time got into Drag Race because it finally hit Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so comedians discovered it and were watching it. And like the show, it lends itself very well to comedy. Like it's a very funny show. Yeah. And RuPaul loves jokes. Um, so a lot of comedians got into it. And as I saw they were watching, I was like, you're watching it wrong. You have to watch it this way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I gave everybody my out TV password. Yep. 
and a lot of messages in all caps saying, stop, you have to watch it in this order, and you must not skip Untucked. Yes, can, can confirm. So because you have very strict ideals as to how one should be watching this show, yes. I feel like you are the perfect person to talk about for those that uh, you know don't know anything about it. And as we go into this, the first half of this is going to be a little more spoiler-free, so if you haven't seen Drag Race before, please feel free to listen to this first half and know that you will be safe from major spoilers, um, which is not what happened to me when my very gay friend introduced me to it by telling me who won the first season I was watching. Um, <laughs> it was the worst. Uh, but uh, then we're going to get into the second half, which is going to be a little more hot takes. Mm. Um, so uh, get excited for that. Uh, to start off, though, can you like just uh, to tell us, if someone were to di- delve into the world of draggers for the first time, what advice would you give? Where should they start? I am a big, big believer in starting from the beginning to get the full history. And the reason for that is that Drag Race is very self-referential and a lot of their lines, a lot of their jokes, a lot of the things that they bring up, their references come from previous seasons. So for me, I'm like, if you're not watching, um, I'm trying to think of an example right now and I can't, but if you're not watching season three, you're going to miss Shangela coming out of the box and then you're going to miss every time a box comes up and it's like, is Shangela in there? Like, you're totally going to miss that. 100%. Yeah, so for me, I'm like, you have to start from the beginning and get the full history. Do not skip Untucked, which does not exist for season one. You start that at season two. Um, And I lost my train of thought already. And what is Untucked? What is Untucked? Untucked is the backstage show. So basically... When the girls come down the runway and show their outfits to the judges, the judges will say, we're going to deliberate, and then you go backstage, and they come back, and they say who's going to be eliminated. Uh, In between that time, when they go backstage while the judges deliberate, the girls go into a holding room where they feed them alcohol, and drama happens. (laughs) And you get a lot of, like, backstory, like, Roxy Andrews dropped a really big nugget about her life that is very famous. And if you miss that episode, you miss all the references that they bring up to buses. And there are lots. <laughs> um, and she really goes into depth about that in Untucked. So you really get a lot more backstory on them and a lot more of the history of their, like, why they hate each other, their fights, or why they love each other, and, like, how supportive they are of each other. It's just a really great show. Yeah. yeah. On the show itself, uh, there's a little bit of drama, but I, I find it's mostly based on whatever the task or the yes. their, uh, challenges for that week so you don't get to see a lot of that real good tension and drama yes. yes it's one good thing I really like about the show because I don't watch reality TV for the sort of interpersonal fights I like watching like very creative reality TV where I'm like ooh they tried their best yeah that's uh, not how I watch it I want to see them cry and yell yes and- right yeah yeah 100% but the great thing about Drag Race is it's kind of divided in half and that you like get the creative side of it and then you get the drama side of it so like you if, if you're not into one you can start with that but then you are going to get to know the people to the point where you must watch Untucked. And that's where they un- that's where they interact the most with each other. Because yeah. like during the show, they're they're like working on their outfits or they're learning their lines and stuff. And then like their interactions with each other are mostly based on the challenge, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And then in Untucked, they're like really interacting with each other and getting to know each other and getting to you know how much they hate each other. Because they're also tired. Like yes. what's the what's the filming schedule? Like it's pretty condensed. I, I don't actually no I believe that it takes two days to film one episode but like that's reflected in the thing although apparently the current season of UK that's airing was filmed all in 10 days which what? is no. like it's a pro like there were they were severely mistreated on that set oh that's not good um, it is not good 
But um, but yeah, no, it's it's a pretty speedy turnaround. I think they're there for three weeks, and they film everything over three weeks, maybe four. That's wild. That's so yeah. much work. Okay, yeah. so so just for somebody who's never seen the show before, what's the premise of the show? Where where did this come from? What okay. what is this thing we we're discussing? <laughs> so the, so Drag Race was created by World of Wonder, which was run by Fenton Bailey and some other old white guy. Um, and they <laughs> approached RuPaul and were like, we want to give you a show. We want you to do something. So they created RuPaul's Drag Race, which is kind of like America's Top Model was really huge at the time. Mm-hmm. And so was Project Runway. So this is this kind of combines the two where they take drag queens, bring them on the show, have them do challenges like acting challenges, singing challenges, dancing challenges, um, uh, design challenges, all kinds of things. And then they have celebrity guest judges come in, judge them on it. Place two in the bottom, one in the top, who wins that week, wins a prize. The two in the bottom will lip sync against each other, and the person who wins that lip sync gets to go on another week. Um, it is like America's Exit Model in Project Runway, except in this show, the reason why it's so great is because it encompasses every art form. Yes. It's like they're designers, they're makeup artists, hair designers. Um, they're actors, they're comedians, they're singers, they're like they literally do every style of performing and artistry that you can think of. Yeah, so, like, it seems borderline unreasonable that yeah. like a person should have to do all of those things. Yeah, and the wild thing is like drag queens in the wild, they each have their niche, right? Like I'm not a makeup girl, I'm a performer. Some girls are makeup girls, they're not performers, but you come into the show and you're expected to do all of it. Yes. Yeah. That's so stressful. Do you think yeah. that's had an impact on like drag as a whole in the real oh, world, in the wild, 100%. as you call it? <laughs> Everybody has stepped up their makeup game. Wow. Everybody, like you can't go to a show now and like not have like fantastic makeup, like because people will, because audiences now will read you on it. Right, which is so unfair because the queens on that show have money, or if they don't, they. They tend need to, to put it to in. Lose. Yeah, that's um, the thing. It's like you gotta save up to be like you gotta save up to ten thousand dollars to be on that show. Uh, barf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Trixie Mattel said she spent twenty to forty thousand on her All Stars two All oh Stars three God. package. Oh, oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so much money. <laughs> but it's like that's progressed over time. Like the first three seasons, like they were wearing Susie Shear. Yeah. But yes. like now they're coming out in like these like fantastically like designer outfits rhinestone crystals like everything that's insane and yeah. someone came on uh, I think it was the UK Drag Race season one someone came out in like an H&M dress and was read to fill for that was last season yeah. that was yeah. last season because yeah. it's like Brutal. well you don't bring that on the stage it's like but meanwhile on that same season the person who won episode one was wearing an ASOS jacket so like Hmm. Where, where is the, like, Rue plays by different rules depending on who she's on. Yeah, to. that makes sense. Okay, so so backing it up a little bit, um, like, obviously there are some iconic moments in the drag mm-hmm. race fandom, some mm-hmm. more spoilery, spoilery than others. Who are some of the big players? Like, if you were at a dinner Ooh. party and people start talking about drag race and you want to participate in that, okay. like, what are some names you're probably hearing? Here, okay, are you talking about specifically the drag queens or just anybody involved in the uh, show? Anybody involved because in the show. Because specifically RuPaul is the biggest name of the show. Oh, and of it, course. Her name is on the show. Yeah. Um, Michelle Visage is her best friend and the Simon Cowell of the show. She's there, like the Janice Dickinson, the one who's there to like really harp on, like really be the mean one kind of thing. She's better at it than Simon Cowell. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. She does it with love, though. Yes, she exactly. does it, and she has knowledge. Yep. Like yes. 
Simon Cowell doesn't know shit about singing, but like, she... <laughs> Coming knows. for you, Simon Cowell. Right, well, we're here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, but Michelle Visage has, like, been in the industry, like, working with... Like, she's been working side-by-side side with RuPaul and other drag queens since, like, she, since she's, like, entered the entertainment industry. Um, uh, Alaska Thunderfuck or Alaska 5000 or just Alaska is probably one of the biggest drag queens to come out of the show. She hosts a, a drag race podcast with Willem, who is one of the most controversial people who've been on the show. Uh, that podcast is race called Chaser. Race Chaser. Thank you. I know some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> She's a fantastic comedian. They both are really, really funny. Um, who are other big players? Bob the Drag Queen is all over social media right now. She's really killing the game. Yeah. Um, and just such an incredible like speaker, like just great at like speaking on subjects, being political, being an activist, uh, and like their opinions, like they can kind of say anything they want and no one will touch them. Like no one will be mad at them. No one will like cry about it. Cause like they just have this way of, of, uh, of saying everything with love and like reaching everybody in a way that's like constructive. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. We love yeah. that. We yeah. love a constructive criticism. Yeah. <laughs> we have Ross Matthews, who I mm-hmm. feel like I I should dislike, but I like him so much. He's very charming. Very charming. Yeah. Very endearing. Really cute. Really funny. And just not a mean bone in his body. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like him and Carson Daly. Oh, no, wait, not Carson Daly. What am I saying? <laughs> Carson, Carson Daly, the newest Carson drag race. <laughs> um, that would be a weird move. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Carson Cressley are both kind of like your token uh, frothy queers your will and yes. grace queers of the show i feel absolutely <laughs> and they're both from that era too yes. so you're right yes. very much so yes. yeah yeah absolutely they're the judges on the show in case none of you know <laughs> yes in yes. case you haven't watched it yeah um what was your first drag race experience like how did you get into drag race okay this is funny i didn't watch it for the first six or seven or eight seasons even so uh, i got through it i got into it through my friend marshall who we all know marshall lorenzo huge 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 drag race fan he's been watching it since the beginning and like that's all he ever talked about and like those were all his references and i was, I was like what are you talking and he just kept talking <laughs> about drag queens and i was like what i wasn't a drag queen at this time and i went with him to the premiere viewing party at cruise and tangos uh, of season six so I went with him and Jillian Bartolucci. We went to the premiere of season six, and I also went with them to the finale of season six. But I watched nothing in between. I only heard about it through them. And season and six is the best season in my Season six opinion. is the best oh, season. It is absolutely oh, the best season, in my humble opinion, as well. Yeah. So I was like, it's a great premiere. Great. And then I was like, oh, it's a great finale. Great. And then I don't think I watched season seven. Probably for the best. Yeah. I still haven't watched the whole season. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. TBH. Uh, but then season eight is when I started to go to the viewing parties. That's when I started to go to like Garage on Church Street and would sit there every week and watch the show. And then from then on, I was hooked. And then I, I got my OutTV subscription and went back to the beginning, learned the whole history up to then, and then was like ready for season nine. Yeah, when in when in hot, when in hot, nine, which has one of the most iconic moments, but uh, that that <sighs> last finale lip sync, ooh, changed the game. The that last, one. oh yeah, I thought you were talking about the take off your mask moment, but oh, the... also very iconic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, season nine was great. Yeah, I, I think great so too. Season. Yeah, um, <laughs> awesome. Oh boy. Okay, uh, so I was just gonna ask, uh, since we're talking seasons, what do you think is the best season uh, for a new a new watcher to watch, and what is your favorite season? Ooh. I'm going to say the answer to both of those is season six because it has the biggest variety of characters. Like season five, there's a lot of people who are like each other. Season, like all the seasons, there's like 
there's kind of like a direction they go in. It's like there's this like season seven is the fashion show, like oh, the fashion big time. queens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, season eight is very comedy. Season six has a little bit of every. It puts a bunch of people in the room together who would probably never be put in the same room together. Yep. And watching them clash, but watching the ones who should clash or the ones who did clash in the beginning end up becoming the best of friends. Like, it is a heartwarming season because you watch the really cold characters like Bianca Del Rio really warm up. People like Trinity K. Bonet has one of the best character arcs. Oh, oh I love TKB. Yes. Like, she started out like, complaining a lot, screwing up a lot and saying, well, that's not what I do. That's not what I do. That's not what I do. And it's not till like Bianca Del Rio was like, well, then what do you do quickly? Like, what do you do successfully? Tell me right now. And then she just kind of like came out as HIV positive on the show. And that's a spoiler. I'm sorry. I started with the spoilers already. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I simply can't help it. (laughs) But you should know this by now. Uh, And then she, yeah. And then she just started to, open up she became a light of the season oh and my like, god and started killing all the challenges and her lip syncs are incredible oh she is uh, what what the show likes to call a lip sync assassin a right? lip sync assassin where they just right. come in and they just simply can't lose a lip sync they don't know how That's they don't <laughs> see it coming you just are like okay well you kind of you haven't shown too brightly yet and then as soon as that music starts and uh, TKB transforms. Yeah. Just yeah. Oh, destroys that stage. Which I think is lovely because like in the in the wild, as yes. we're calling it now, um, uh, the, I, f- I find that that's mostly what you watch drag queens do. You mostly yes. watch them lip sync and it yes. ends up being sometimes a last resort for them on the show as though it's not the, the right. like primary thing that most drag queens do. So I love watching them lip sync. I know. It's like if they're in their element. Yes. Like I want to go on the show just to lip sync. Like I, I imagine myself, who did this Utica last season was always like whenever she lip synced she was like wasn't that amazing <laughs> <laughs> and you know get it Utica you a little weirdo I know and she's the first person to say to RuPaul in the workroom she's like RuPaul was like so you lip synced last week and she goes what did you think <laughs> we're like most people would be like yeah I know I lip sync I'm so sorry but she's like tell me all your thoughts on my lip sync <laughs> and like I get that because that's kind of like don't be ashamed for doing your yeah, job exactly <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> oh that's uh, that's wonderful okay so I have one more question before we sort of go go on into our next segment which is like there's a lot of iconic challenges can you walk us through that like that part of the show is yes. what, what are the iconic challenges of the show that you've probably heard a lot about like the design challenges the snatch yes. game the show usually starts like episode one is usually a design challenge and that's where they give them unconventional materials and say make a runway look based on this so yeah. that usually you see some incredibly impressive Insane, like uh, Mayhem Miller making a complete outfit out of gloves. Oh, that was wild. Or Sharon Needles doing her uh, her blood out the mouth look in yes, uh, season with four, hose. which was a which was a real like right out the gate like, ooh, she's gonna be a front runner. Yes, <laughs> and then you have people like Monet Exchange who come out in a sponge dress made out of like scour sponges, which it was and hit. then Lala. make that their whole personality. And then make their whole brand. <laughs> and you have someone like Lala who comes out and just tapes bags to their. Oh, <laughs> that is. Currently iconic. Yes. And yeah. honestly, you know what? I kind of love it. it. Yes, it says it's it is the drag aesthetic in every conceivable way of uh, making rags to riches and yeah. riches to rags. Yeah, <laughs> and like there are a lot. Like what's her name? Uh, Joe Black, who wore the famous H and M dress. Oh, Usually, everything yeah. she wears, she like she's like I made this outfit for twenty bucks. Like oh, bless. Yeah, like there's there's so much creativity that's involved. Um, and other iconic challenges are there's a, a girl group challenge where they have to write lyrics 
where they have to uh, uh, say who they are in eight bars and like kill a choreography challenge as yeah. well. So, no pressure, like, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. And like we've had some of the most iconic and amazing lyrics come out of that. Um, my name is Roxy Andrews, and I'm here to make it clear. Like, we'll never stop singing that. <laughs> no, that was that's uh, simultaneously the best because it is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so many of them think they can rap. That's that's the thing, and that's it. See, I'm not mad at them about that because it's better than them trying to sing. Yes, that is I a very say. fair yes. point. Very, very fair point. It's more of a spoken word. Yeah, if you will. <laughs> it's poetry, is yep. what it is. Yeah. Um, there's comedy challenges where they write horrible, horrible, horrible scripts oh, yeah. and make them try to execute that in a way that's funny. And it's a challenge. Well, like the word challenge is hard. Reason. Comedy is not easy. Yes. And to put people who are not used to it and be like, great, now write an entire stand up routine and go out in front of a bunch of people. And yes. Perform. Good luck. We won't a lot of you. people end up being accidentally funny. Yes. yes. Like, I don't think Miss Vanjie knows why she's funny. Absolutely not. But they not will a, not always, a clue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no idea. But then they'll always laugh at everything she says. And then when she tries to be funny, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun to watch some of them discover those things, though. Like, in, in one of the last seasons, um, uh, Gottmik, I feel like the, the joy of watching Gottmik all season was just, like, every performance challenge, she's like, am I funny? Yes. Yeah. Am I a good actor? Because she thought she was just a makeup and look queen. And as it turns out, she was everything. She was everything. Yeah, Gottmik really found out she was a comedy queen during that, and that was incredible to watch, because she really was hilarious. Very good. And she's shown during the most uh, classic iconic challenge that they do every year since season two, which is Snatch Game. So Snatch Game is a, is their parody on Match Game where they dress up as famous people. So you're not really supposed to do a character. Like, you can't do, like, Homer Simpson. But you can come out uh, as, like, somebody did uh, Maggie Smith, but then actually gave the character of whoever she played on Downton Abbey. Yes. And ended up... That was... Oh my god, another spoiler. What am I talking about? <laughs> can you cut it's that okay. out? <laughs> no, no, we can keep that one. We can keep that one. W yes. Worth watching whether you know who wins or not. That is one of the most iconic of performances. Yes! Yeah. yeah, and there's so many. Like, that's where the comedy really shines is in Snatch Game. And also the horribleness. <laughs> like, the people who cannot figure it out. Yeah, there are some cursed characters that people have tried to play on Snatch Game. Yeah. Cursed is a very good yeah, word like for it. Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> you, they can't do it. No one has done her well. The only person that came close was Trinity K. Bonet, but that wasn't even in a Snatch Game challenge. No, yeah. No, yeah, 100%. Lady Gaga, also a bit cursed. Yeah, yes, yeah. Lady Gaga is absolutely cursed. And to like, do RuPaul. Why oh. would you try to do RuPaul in front of RuPaul? Especially if you're white. Um, oh. <laughs> but like, those are funny characters that you can actually make funny, but no one has been able to do it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we're, we're just like on the edge of spoilers yeah. here. So uh, I know. Steph, you want to take us into our next I'm segment? I'm them out. Do. So uh, this next section is uh, we've gone to the spiraling void of the internet uh, to find uh, different takes, different opinions about uh, Drag Race. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about how we feel about them. I love this part. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to start. This is what you were born for. <laughs> uh, I was born in the darkness. <laughs> and this is so spoiler heavy. So if you've not watched it and you don't like spoilers, Come you, back and watch this, or listen to this after you've watched the episode. If yeah. you haven't already turned this off because I've been dropping spoilers. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if you do like spoilers, buckle up. Uh, so I'm going to start uh, with, oh gosh. Uh -oh. I'm going to start with uh, Santino, who was a judge early in uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Project before. Runway season two runner-up, yeah. Yes, uh, so Santino should be brought back as a judge. It's a hot take. Someone thinks that? <laughs> 
<laughs> this is the fire we want. <laughs> Sanchino is notoriously the worst judge on the show. Couldn't agree more. If yeah. not just for the the fedoras or whatever it is, oh my like God. no one he who judged, dresses like that should be commenting on people's outfits. Uh-huh. He looked horrible every time. He, yeah, he looks disgusting. I'm gonna say it, <laughs> but also his opinions suck and his delivery sucks. Yeah, he's just a, a venomous man. Yeah, he's cruel. Yes. He's yeah. unnecessarily cruel. Yeah, uh-huh. telling the tree she looks like a couch. Oh, she hated him. Oh my god. I mean, who? Doesn't. Yeah. Whoever came up with this hot take. And we have declared you wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, how about this? Uh, drag Grace has sort of created a monopoly on drag that kind of leaves out other kind of performers. Like it re- only rewards RuPaul's version of drag rather than drag kings and bio queens and other gender performers. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, Brew, okay, here's the thing is that the show is so mainstream now that a lot of people's knowledge of drag comes strictly from this show. Yes. yes. And this show does an incredible disservice to all alternative performers for not exposing people in middle America who don't get to go out to drag shows to these types of performers. Yes. So for Rue to say to Victoria Scone, who's currently on the show, or who's a cast on season three of UK Drag Race, the first ever uh, woman to be cast on the show... Which is um, a bio queen, for those who do not know the, yeah. the drag language. Bio queen is like kind of like a term we don't use anyway. It's more like hyper. I don't know. You hey, know what? I learned a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because some people are like, who like keep bio queen. Some people say um, hyper queen. People have different. And honestly, if you ask any of them, they'll just say, just call me a drag queen. Right, right. Yeah, that like, makes perfect sense. So yeah. a, a queen who is assigned female at birth and identifies that way. Yeah. yeah. AFAB, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever works for them personally. Yep. Um, but so she's the first woman to be cast on the show. And RuPaul said, you're breaking barriers by being here. Bitch, you put those barriers yeah. up. <laughs> you, you built the barriers. Yeah, you're <laughs> the reason there has not been a female cast on the show before. Yeah, 100%. It's a very binary approach yeah. to drag, which is uh, seems to be the opposite yes. of the point. We are 13 <laughs> years into the show, and just this year they cast the first um, post-op trans male uh, trans male performer, yep. and they cast the first post-op female um, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, trans trans woman yeah. on the show. Yeah. They cast two this season. Um, they had cast trans women before on the show, but they would not allow them to go on with breasts. Because in their opinion, I, I believe it was an unfair advantage. RuPaul compared it to Olympians taking steroids. Which is pretty rich when like there are uh, queens like Detox, whom I love. Detox is wonderful, mm-hmm, but she's mm-hmm. redesigned her entire body to Trinity, be a drag queen. Yeah. Like she's Taylor as well. 100%. So much How surgery. How is that not an advantage? That's more surgery exactly. than your average trans person gets because being trans is not about surgery. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, Akira's uh, butt is not her own. No. Like, yeah. that was enhanced. Which is fine, and it's yeah. yours now, and that's yeah. wonderful, but if you want to talk about advantages, that feels like it's way off exactly. base. Exactly, you can't exclude others. So what this show does is, it and like, it, it brings in one weirdo a year. Like, it brings in one Sharon Needles, one Evie Oddly, one Crystal Method, and is like, ooh, let's see if we can make this person glamorous. So it like brings in people who do do alternative drag and tries to water them down. Yes, and if they aren't watered down, yeah. they get called out on it. Yeah. It's like, well, you're not, you're not really adapting. We want to see more from you. It's like, you brought me here because I am this weirdo. Exactly. 
Like, and now you don't want me to be a weirdo anymore? I don't understand that. That's exactly. 100%. So, so this show has kind of like, it's done a great thing in that it's made drag really popular and given us a lot, like even local girls, a lot of work because we now, like people come to our shows now and like, it's really yeah. great. But it has also limited people's knowledge of drag and it gives them kind of like audiences now like license to come to our shows and like tell us what we're doing wrong or like invalidate certain performance like only tip the queens who who like are passable like look like women or oh, whatever gross yeah. gross 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 yeah. don't love that um yikes <laughs> yikey dikey yeah. uh, we declare that yikes yeah um talking about uh, different types of performers who are brought onto the show and mm -hmm. different um different types of uh people mm -hmm. uh drag race really really seems to hate uh, larger queens, yes, uh, fat people, yes. Whether in their contestants or in their pit crew, they are like they seem to really loathe it. Yeah, um, is we haven't had a big queen win. Well, we've had one. UK. Lawrence Cheney, season Lawrence two Cheney. of UK. They Lawrence wouldn't. Cheney. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun to say their name. Lawrence Cheney. <laughs> Lawrence Cheney. But uh, very even, few for the number of bigger queens that have been on the show. Yeah, and yeah. queens that have risen through, and you're like, finally, a big queen's gonna win in the U.S. Nope. Yeah, they had a perfect opportunity. This is this is my own hot take. Is I oh this is spoiler. We're, we're allowed to do spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're on spoilers. Um, we're on hot spoilers. I'm not pleased with the winner of All Star Six. Ooh. Oh, I, um, I get that. Yeah, I love Sonique. I think she's fantastic. She's in, like she's an incredibly uh, wonderful drag queen who did fantastic on the show. I don't think she did enough on the show to Agreed. warrant a win. Couldn't agree more. Agreed. And yeah. I really like Sonique. I think Me too. Sonique is fantastic. And I think it is a big move for the trans community that she could win. And Absolutely. That's, and that's fantastic. But at the same time, my uh, my my initial instinct was, wow, what does a big queen need to do? Exactly. What does a big queen need to do at this point? Because there were yes, two of there them. There were two of them in the top two, in and the they, top four. And they both performed really well, and I really think Ginger should have won her original season. That's my hot take. Uh, that's um, mine as well. I, I think she deserved the win there. I yeah. honestly think she deserved the win, and that would have fixed everything initially, yes. right out the gate. Yeah. But what happened instead is we started a like reigning, uh, a reigning championship of skinny-ass fashion Skinny queens. white girls. Yeah. yeah. Skinny and white. It was white girls. There were like six white skinny white girls 100% in the, in the and I think season yeah. 7 was a mistake for so many reasons yeah. from the Shakespeare challenge to I, that final winner I still have nightmares about that Shakespeare challenge we I've all never do. seen any acting so wretched it was in my entire life now, yeah I grew up in theater so I've seen a lot of garbage fire theater uh -huh. yeah but anybody who's done high school theater yes, yes. Um, and that was somehow worse yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it, it really kicked off uh, this um at least later in the seasons when Rue was called out so adamantly for being uh, only crowning white skinny yeah. queens, there also became this weird thing where Rue was like, no, I'm not. So for All-Stars, uh, when Trinity the Tuck, who clearly was the front runner. Another yeah. white skinny queen. But yeah. then they uh, co-won with, um, with Monet Exchange. Which I love Monet Exchange. Yeah. Monet Exchange is a great performer. But in All-Stars, no. That was a weird move. I will move. say she was not winner worthy I think a lot of people have that opinion but a lot of people also say that Trinity didn't deserve her win people have different opinions on that season like that are wild um, there are seasons where there could have been two winners I don't think that was one of them I no. completely agree I feel like they wasted the first double win yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think I would have been uh, okay to see either of the, them win. It just really seemed like it was a last-minute decision. Oh yeah, as a result of backlash, which is never how you want anyone to win. Oh, for sure. They actually filmed a tie 
win with uh, in season six with Bianca <gasps> and Adore. What? Oh my god! Yeah, I love Adore so much. Oh my god, I love her. I yeah, wish that happened. Yeah, they they filmed it. Didn't tell them they were going to. They filmed each of them winning. Yes, as they always because do. Right. For the fin- for those of you listening, in the finale, it's a live audience finale, and in order not to spoil who the winner is, because it doesn't air live, they film each of them winning so that people don't spoil who the winner actually is. Um, Which means that when you see them excited, they're fake excited. Oh, they're faking it. They're faking it. Even, even if they're not in the live studio, like when they're on All Stars, they do it on the stage. Yeah. And they're faking it there, too. Oh, that's a little treat I give myself. Every I time know. I watch a finale, I'm like, how good are they at faking yeah. this? Yeah. And that's why none of them actually look that they're like, they're just like, come through. Like, none of them are actually that happy, like, show that much happiness because it's not yeah. an authentic reaction. It's the viewing parties yeah. where you see the authentic yes. reactions. Yes. So that's a little nugget. They could have had one there. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, that was definitely to, to, because the conversation was happening so much around black queens not winning. Yeah. That's how that ended up happening. Cause I think the show felt it should have been Trinity's win, but they were like, well, we got to please people, but we don't want to take it away from Trinity. I mean, the good news is they gave them both a hundred thousand dollars and yes. Monet has done an incredible job with her reign. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. She's really parlayed that into a fantastic career and which, good for her, which is great. Cause it, I would hate for it to have done a disservice or where people are, saying, oh, well, you didn't really deserve that win and yeah. negatively yeah. impact her. Because I've seen Monet live. That woman can slay. She's yeah. so good. That's the other thing is I feel like Monet is one of those queens that actually doesn't really fit the drag race mold that much yeah. because she's such a good host and she's such a good, like, she is at her best in a pussycat wig on a stage in New York yes. where she just gets to go the hell off. And I feel like the she, the, she the, the the rules element of drag race and the limits of drag race uh-huh. didn't benefit her as much as they could have. You know? True. That's my opinion on her because I think she's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of All Stars, um, there's another <laughs> hot take on All Stars uh, that the format of All Stars is terrible and not a real reflection of the Queen's actual talent. I'll claim this. I feel like this is this is a. I, oh, this was I me too. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just our gotcha. opinion. So All Stars is where they bring everyone back. Uh, but I assume if you're listening to this, you know that because we've given you every spoiler possible. Um, so thoughts about All Star format. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's the greatest format to showcase everybody. Um, am I mad about it? Not really. I feel like All-Stars is just, like, another chance for everyone to just, like, reintroduce the audience to themselves. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like All-Stars isn't to win. I feel like the first one, you try to win, and you try to make a point of making yourself visible. I feel like All-Stars is just to update your brand. Yeah, yes, yes. That's why Shea Coulee didn't go on. Like, they kept asking her for season... Uh, three and four, and she said no because she was still fresh off of season nine. Right. And she was still killing it. Which they should do because uh, anyone who watched the most recent All Stars season Mm -hmm. got to watch uh, one of my favorite queens, Jan, oh my God. Uh, come yeah. back. It was let's, let's have some hot takes about Jan. Right? Oh, just, I'm here for it. For the record, Nikki's eyes just almost rolled out of his head. Uh, so Jan is a musical theater queen. Oh I adore her. But they brought her off uh, onto All Stars uh-huh. hot off of her season 12 uh-huh. uh, time. And it was all during the pandemic. So she didn't even get a chance to perform, perform grow, yeah. be, learn, be a rupee, love. Yeah. And then they tore her to shreds. Yeah. They destroyed her and, and it broke my heart. Nikki, did you love every minute of that or? Of the tearing her to shreds? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no. Um, here's the thing is I feel like she did not Learn. She has no self awareness. No, she de- she never understood what their critiques were, and their critiques weren't even that harsh. I don't think. But I they, think were they were not clear. Her, they're 
Uh, to me, we not clear. We're here. <laughs> just like we, we'd like to, you know, maybe see a little something different. It's like, what does that mean? They were like, stop being so fucking annoying. <laughs> Jan, if you somehow listen to this, don't listen to Nikki. You are perfect. Yeah, sorry, I, Jan, but a little self awareness will go a long way. I mean, I just feel like you can't tell a theater kid to give you less. You have to give you. I mean, maybe that's just again me and my experience with theater kids, but they don't know how to do that. That's right. Um, I feel like if what I wanted them to tell Jan is, hey, we need to see like a little. A little, a little anger, a little sadness, a little darkness from yeah. you. And um, you saw that when she came back in the lip syncs. And she walked on that stage like she was going to stab all the judges in their eyeballs. And that was straight yeah. up her best performance on the show. Yeah. It, it was. Really was. She did great really in that lip sync. She really did. If you had just given her a better better, uh, better critique. But that's my, my call on that. Uh, I feel medium about Jan. <laughs> <laughs> my heart has ripped in two. I am the Switzerland of this particular oh opinion. Gosh. She just... That's fine. Listen, had she just taken... A, like, she could have said no. Kimchi says no every year. She could have just said... And bless her. I'll Kimchi doesn't need time. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She doesn't need it at all. She has a makeup brand. She's doing great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, all-star performances as well, this is my hot take. I was My forever hot take, my number one drag race take, is Shangela was robbed. Shangela was robbed. Sh- Shangela was absolutely that's robbed. That's not a hot take. That's the truth. No, okay, it's, so it's, for context, what happened? Okay, here's the here's what happened. Here's what I love this. Happened. So they, they, they should have taken time between season two and season three, but they didn't. They just brought in an All-Stars 3 because Trixie Mattel was doing so well in the real world with her show with Katya, writing Katya's coattails. That's my hot take. Uh, yeah, um, no, couldn't agree I more. Agreed. I love Katya. She's one of my favorite queens. Yep. I do think Trixie is a very... She's good at what she does. She's yes. Very, she's she's cool. She's fine at what she does. I don't like what she does, but she does it well. <laughs> and, um, it's bad, but she's excellent. <laughs> at it. I like her as a jumping board for Katya. That's, yes. that's what I like her for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's an excellent musician. Great. Good oh, yeah. for her. Her album's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Um, so they kind of catered this show to Trixie for her to win. So everybody, like, it was kind of the worst All-Stars cast they could have come up with. Yeah. And they were not expecting Benjamin Creme, who was a last-minute addition to the show, to slay the show. And then they were not expecting her to eliminate herself. Which power move, Benjamin Creme. Oh, yeah. that's I a controversial you. one. Do yeah. we like that? Do we not like that? I what are your love thoughts? that. I love it. I think so, too. Because, like, uh, I, I love the notion that, hey, not every drag queen wants to compete. And everybody seems insulted by that. And I'm like, yeah. um, why are we insulted? Well, it's not a competitive sport. With All-Stars, they have to eliminate each other. So they have to pick who they want to eliminate from That's the show. Right. And I feel like that goes against the human that Bendela Creme is. Yeah. Like she just doesn't want to have to step on someone else to succeed. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the people who think she's too saintly for that are people who can't imagine not wanting to compete against somebody. Yeah. Also, a saint of a human. Yeah. Just, like, just like, I her. feel like she's just really good at, like, she just likes to do what she does. And she doesn't, she's not made for, even though she competes very well. She does. That's not what she wants to do. She competes well because she doesn't want to compete. Because she yeah. doesn't. I, that's that's the way I see it. She just wants to do her best, and that's why she doesn't get uh, intimidated by anybody else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are usually the best competitors. If people are like, I know what I do. Like Bianca Del Rio. Bianca uh-huh. Del Rio doesn't need any approval. Uh-huh. Bianca Del Rio knows what she does. Absolutely exactly. not. And she will tell you to your face what she does and what you do is bad. <laughs> uh, that's right. She will. But to help you, she'll do it to help you. Yes. But there's anyway. a heart there. But what was your so thought? so so? Ben Delacroix ended up saying the season. So did Shangela, who just 
was charismatic as hell and good at everything. Yeah. And so, 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 so good. So they both, they just they ran the season. Yep. Trixie is not a good competitor. She was horrible on her own season. She was. Even though they brought her back for no reason when she was horrible again. Yep. And then she was horrible on All Stars 3. So when they got to the top four, what happens is usually they do their final challenges and then they pick a winner. But here... They decided, and I believe this was a last-minute decision on the producer's part to get rid of Shangela, was they brought back all the previously eliminated girls to pick the top two. And really? because Trixie was friends with everybody and because uh, Kennedy gave them a sob story, they went with those two and eliminated Shangela because I think a lot of them just didn't like Shangela in general just because, I don't know if she's the warmest person. I don't know if she's and like she's friends a big with personality, everybody. She's a big personality uh, in a way Probably that is very... Like, yeah, probably annoying. Yeah. I mean, the house yeah. of Alyssa Edwards and Laganja Estranda. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, annoying people. Something. Yeah. Great performers. <laughs> Great performers. Um, but I probably don't want to, like, you know, get a beer with them or something. And that's the thing is, like, Shangela never knew this was going to happen. I don't think anybody did. So she didn't spend her time trying to build relationships on the show where she was competing against these people. Yes. Yeah. So, Why would she? Those weren't the rules. Exactly. So they changed, I believe they changed the rules last minute because Aja did a live where she was like, none of us wanted to come back there. None of us wanted to go do that. We all just Why wanted to go home. Why would you? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. They did all look absolutely miserable to be there. And some of the choices for the top two, I yeah. was like, you really? Thorgy? Really? Is the only person who chose right? Really? Yes. Thorgy? Really? <laughs> yes. How? White dreadlocks? Really? Yeah, white dreadlocks, <laughs> which she still defends and still wears. Why does she still have that? Anyway. I don't know. I love her otherwise. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah, you're... Yeah, appropriation's bad. Anyway, <laughs> so she didn't even get to compete in the top two spots. No. And if she had lost legitimately, that's one thing. Exactly. Absolutely. But she didn't even get to compete in the last two spots, which yeah. she absolutely deserved. See, another hot take people have is the next season where uh, Manila got eliminated by... Uh, Naomi. They think that's not fair that she got like she got eliminated too early and that it was like wrong for them to happen. But she she lost based on the rules of the game. Yes. yes. So to me, that was a fair elimination Absolutely. because you're supposed to eliminate your competition. Whereas Shangela's elimination was at the hands of the producer to hand Trixie a win. And very obviously. I and think. not yeah, based on what thing. was happening in the show. It was not based on performance at that point. It was right. not based, it was solely based on we don't like you, right. we're gonna be mean girls about it. And it's a device they have not used before or since. Yeah. yeah. It was solely for Trixie. Because the only thing that makes the eliminating each other format even work a little bit is the fact that there might be a consequence for you down the road. Yes. Is that if you if you vote for the wrong person uh -huh. and they come back and slay, you uh -huh. might be at their disposal. Yeah. But all of those queens had nothing to lose at that point, uh -huh. so they didn't have to vote for the best queen the same way that this, the same way that, or not protect the best queen the same way you would in a normal season. That's right. There were no consequences, None. so they could just be mean, straight up mean, and take Shangela out when she didn't deserve if it. If you want to hear an incredible rendition of the tale of All Stars Three, Shangela had uh, a special called Shangela is Shook, where she walks you through episode by episode. Her experience of Drag Race All-Star Season 3. I didn't know about this. Oh, my God. Where is this? Oh, uh, well, we saw it live first. We got to see her in person. It was which, unreal. See Shangela if you can. Shangela is surprisingly good at impressions. She's great. Uh, oh, I she does impersonations? She is she very good at impersonations. Oh! She nails Benda LaCreme. She absolutely 100% nails Kennedy and tells a story about her getting stuck in the back of a truck. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard plus. that story. Uh, that but story. I think it's on Vimeo, so like, look it up. She released it for free, oh. uh, and it's phenomenal. It's so much fun. So, yeah. Uh, if you also believe Shangela was robbed, 
uh, watch it. It's so very wow, nice. that info. Yeah, totally. It's great. And it points out a lot of things about the Kitty Girl musical uh, uh-huh. uh, challenge, which I think was the best part of season three. It was. Or, or, it was verse three. alone was the best part of that. Oh my God. It was the best. Or uh, BB Zahara Bonet uh-huh. falling. <laughs> she fell. Well, in, uh, the in the last finale, section. In the finale uh, shot of uh, All Stars 3, they have them do this kitty girl, they run through this stadium, and then at one point, everyone gets dipped. Yeah. Uh, and Shangela gets dipped, very nice. Uh, you see Kennedy dipped, so elegant. You yeah. see BB dip, it, she's struggled. It's <laughs> very funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very funny. True. But also there's like a bunch of queens in the background, and you can spot them looking miserable. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's here's a, getting into a like slightly more uh, serious uh, topic. Uh, the, the fan base of Drag Race gets a lot of discussion. Um, how do we feel about that? And, and we're going to have to wrap this up soon, but like I feel like this is a big part this of is this big, fandom, this. right? This is very important. Yeah, the one word to describe them is toxic. The Drag Race fandom is the worst, I think, fandom that you will ever find. Yeah, I mean, there are wonderful pockets of it, of course, yourself yes. being included in that. But I mean, we're all in it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We are great people. <laughs> we're nice. Trust Good us. Good for us. Pat <laughs> us on the back. Yeah. There's a lot of people who have found themselves through watching Drag Race, and I think that's incredible. There's just so many people who take it way too far. Because here's the thing with the Drag Race fandom. I mean, here's the thing with Drag Race in general, is that to be in this fandom, you have to realize that these are real people. Like, yes. you're not, like, a fan of Doctor Who where you're talking about characters. You're a fan of real people, and you have access to these people. Yep. They come to your towns. They perform in your shows. They perform in your bars. They go on Instagram Live, and you can interact with them and talk to them, and you can DM them and tweet at them, and so many people use that opportunity to say the most vile bullshit at these people to make them want to harm themselves like people send death threats to them people send uh suicide wishes on them all the time they send uh the n-word at all the black there's not one black queen who has been on the show who has not received incredible hate immense immense hate and i'm gonna say this this is my hot take right now is i have noticed whenever i see publicly anybody tweeting horrible things that these people are are writing in their comments, they are always, almost always from Latin America. They are almost always from South American, like Latin speaking, Spanish speaking countries. Really? Yeah. There's just no consequence for them. There's so much racism that comes from them. And I say this as a Mexican, like I'm Mexican. My family is Mexican. I am not proud to be saying this, but I have noted, if you look at the background of these people, like if you look at their profile, where they're from, they're almost always from Latin America. That's wild. Wow. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of politics in the fandom, and yeah. it's, it's very tricky. And, like, I think one thing that's wonderful about the show is, this is also my experience of the Olympics, you watch 20 minutes of it, and you instantly have opinions you've never had before in your life. Yes. Like, I, I watched I watched 20 minutes uh, of it, and I was like, bitch, that's not a lace front. That um, wig is thirsty. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you suddenly, you instantly have opinions about hems. This is how I feel about the Olympics, too, is I can watch 20 minutes, and I'm like, bitch, that's not how you go down a slalom. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, people translate the opinions that they kind of like develop as they're watching the show to real expertise about drag, which is not the same thing. Absolutely not. 
It's, yes. It's the same thing as watching a TV show and being like, I didn't like that plot point and suddenly considering yourself a writer. It's not the same no. thing. And some people you know? are like that. Yes, it's true. Absolutely. But uh, I think some people, some people uh, <laughs> like develop opinions that then kind of uh, become toxic as a result. Absolutely. It's really disgusting to watch. I really hate that part. It makes me not want to go on the show because I don't want to deal with these people. Yeah, no kidding. And the other side of it, which is totally different from this, but the other really annoying thing is when people take what you did on the show as your entire personality and they take it on as their entire personality. Mm. So all they do is quote Drag Race at that, like saying things like house down boots mama. Like we see it right now on Canada's Drag Race. Three of the, like the Vancouver girls I'm sorry to shit on you guys right now, but what I'm seeing <laughs> is a personality that was developed through watching Drag. Drag Race. Everything they say comes from the show. And I'm like, who are you, though? Who are you? Yeah. And there's so many people just in the fandom in general who will, like, if you look in, like, if someone goes on Instagram Live, like, if, like, Candy and Gottmik go on Instagram Live, if you look in the comments, everybody is just regurgitating their own lines back at them. And it's like... Yeah, I said that on the show, but that's not fucking, yeah. that's not all I am. It like, starts to eat its own tail at some yes! point. Yes! Yeah, it's it's the Ouroboros all the way. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And it is an interesting time of the, that show, too, because we're now getting to the point where so many of the performers grew up watching Drag Race. Yeah. And, like, uh, I, I think I noticed for, for the first time with Valentina is the yes. idea of, no, not Valentina, sorry. Um, Aquaria? Uh, Aquaria, yeah. Uh, yeah These yeah. people who started doing drag because of the show and designed their drag for the show. Right. And like so much of their personality yes. is designed for RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Yeah. Crystal right now on UK season three is 19 and she can do everything even though she's never performed. Whoa. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah, she's like never performed in a bar, but like here she is like on the show slaying. Her makeup is flawless. Her outfits are flawless. She can dance like uh, there's a on, on España. I guess you didn't watch that one, right? No. no. Yeah. So there's a queen on there whose name is Sagittaria because she loves Aquarius. Oh my god! And get this, she's not a Sagittarius. What? No. What? Yeah. No. She's a Cancer, but she didn't think it sounded Canceria. good enough. Yeah. I call her when I did the podcast. I called her Canceria because I refused to call her Sagittaria. <laughs> That's very very. You funny. can't co-opt a whole astrological sign for yourself. Y yes. Get out of here. Yes. Aquarius is a fucking Aquarius, bitch. Cultural like appropriation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, okay, so we should probably wrap this up soon. But um, I did want to ask, um, like, what? Who are some drag queens in the real world that you would love to see on Drag Race or that? <gasps> that you just want to shout out because you love them. Yeah. Because you're fanning over them in real life, too. I'm going to answer the first question. And there's so many people that I, there's so many people that, like, people that I love right now who are killing it. Bombay it, uh, has really, like, taken over online drag and in person always does an incredible, like, has smoke coming out of their head, has what? money shooting out of their wigs. Like, what? Bombay is incredible. If you can see Bombay, go see it in Toronto. Uh, Ocean Giovanni, Ocean Lavadka Giovanni, who also co-opted a name from Aquaria. Uh, Ocean comes from Aquaria, and oh. Giovanni is Aquaria's real-life last first name. Whoa. What? Yeah. But, like, that's a really subtle way of doing it. Like, yeah, it's yes. inspired oh by. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and... Yeah, no, uh, uh, Ocean is actually uh, a black trans performer and is like one of the best lip syncers I've ever seen in my life. Fabulous. And yeah. is like 19 years old as well. Oh, so like, oh stop that. You. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> uh, people I would love to see on the show, I would love to see Jada Shada Hudson. Yes. Yeah, Jada's like Toronto icon, big personality, could, uh, the sweetest, warmest person 
always funny. There's nothing that comes out of that person's mouth that you won't laugh at. And an incredible performer, yeah, incredible I, host. I was on a show called Queens with her. It's a little uh, yes. a, a web a web series sort of thing that CBC Gem produced. And in that show, uh, she tells a story about a ghost that is an absolutely real story she told behind the scenes and is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. It, oh my it's been part of her brand for a couple. It's so I love that they got her to do that on the show. Oh my god, it's so, so funny. Good. It was a weird six a.m. in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell you that. Anyway, uh, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, I would love to see my drag mother Vicky Licks on the show because she represents something so different in drag. Like she is, uh, there's a drag queen on on All Stars UK right now, or sorry, Drag Race UK right now, saying that she's she calls herself the drag beast, but that's something Vicky has called herself forever because she's actually like gigantic muscles, but like presents really feminine drag. It's wild with it's these wonderful. muscles on display. Like she is huge. She's huge. She writes her own stuff. She's very funny. She's never really worked in the village because she doesn't fit into a mainstream kind of ideal. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to see her, what she would bring to the show as well. Oh, that would be fabulous. I would absolutely love to see Vicky, Vicky attack yes. some of those challenges. Are there yes. any uh, local gender performers that you want to shout out? Oh, Kaya? I'm a big fan of uh, Gay Jesus. Oh, uh, gay, gay Jesus is absolutely one of my favorite performers ever. Yes. Um, I'm also yum, yum, yum. Uh, a big fan of Human Trash, who is also in your house. Oh, Human Trash, my brother. Yeah, um, uh, such such an incredible performer. A uh, big fan of uh, what Pearl Harbor is doing too in yes. Toronto. Very um, theatrical. Very theatrical. Yeah. Does a lot of like old war songs, which it like just tickles the history nerd in my my heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I and I know I'm gonna think of three other people as soon as we stop recording, which is just gonna kill me. So uh, oh, yeah. watch our social media for me to correct that. Yeah. Uh, I also just want to add Lucinda Moon. <gasps> Lucinda, mm. how did I not think of Lucinda? One of the most incredible. Uh, designers makes incredible garments but also has this classic drag aesthetic yes uh, and is yeah. such a bright beautiful human such a beautiful soul and oh my god like just as beautiful on the outside as she is on the inside uh, one of the kindest people I've ever met Ooh. was also on Queens and behind the scenes was just I had the sweetest loveliest conversations with her I couldn't yes. be more of a fan of that human being and she did some of some of the looks on the first Canada's Drag Race as and well and the second yeah. and the second I, I mean I haven't seen it but yes yeah. she's done um, stuff for Priyanka a lot yeah I, yeah she designs for Priyanka a lot and she is also um, a mentor, or not a mentor, but uh, she, well, she's on Call Me Mother. So you can yes. watch Call Me Mother. Yes. I'm not exactly sure what the role what role she's playing on it, but she's not competing. So she's a, a person in charge. But yeah. highly recommend following her on Instagram because she is an unbelievable talent. Yeah. Wild. She drives me wild. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Hercules is the other one that I want to shout out, who is an (gasps) incredible drag king out of uh, Montreal, a graphic designer and an incredible creator, and just got into drag for fun. And the the makeup looks and, like, the hair, the outfits, everything is so curated and it's gorgeous. Uh, Absolutely. And you can watch them on Call Me Mother as well. Like, ooh, what an incredible artist. Yeah. 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 where can we find you and your stuff and your life? You were recently in a video game, were you not? I'm in a video game. If you play what Far Cry it? 6. Is it so cool? That's another great thing that's happened with drag races. It's so mainstream that they were actively looking for a drag queen who spoke Spanish, and that's how I got the role. Oh, my God. That's wonderful. Yeah. And the character is a drag queen is so funny, uh, has a really small part in it, so a lot of people are having a lot of har- a hard time finding her, but find Rosa Mel Paquete. Rosa Mel Paquete, which actually means, like, Touch my package, touch my dick. Um, <laughs> Fabulous. But uh, anyway, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Selena Vile, S E L E N A V Y L E. Uh, and I'm also on there as Nikki Nazarella, but he doesn't do anything interesting online. <laughs> so you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll be there. I'll say hi. 
Wonderful. Oh, thank yeah. you so thank much. Thank you so much. This was such a delight. I feel like I got so much pandemic energy discussing uh, pandemic oh, <laughs> drag race uh, right now. This was the best. It has been the best. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a delight. And just nice to see you. So good to see you in person face. after years. I know. Um, Kaya, what, uh, in fandom, what's your fandom been in the last week? What are you loving right now? This is very funny because I knew you were going to ask this question and yet I still have no answer. Um, I am uh, reading a really wonderful book called Braiding Sweetgrass right now. And it's, uh, talks about sort of, uh, First Nations knowledge and where it meets biology and how we can better take care of the earth. And I'm, I'm loving the hell out of it. It's a, it's a really wonderful, sweet, very calming Zen read. Highly recommend. What about you, Steph? Well, mine is not nearly so in-depth or thoughtful, um, but I am deep in BTS land. And they just released In the Soup uh, Season 2, which is they send them all to this mansion in the countryside, and they just get to be fancy rich boys in a mansion doing whatever they want. And it is simultaneously so fun and charming, but also deeply relaxing, because you're just watching them hang out by a pool, play a trumpet, go on an ATV. That's highly recommend. There's a dog in it. His name's Bam. It's newly introduced to the fandom. It's delightful. Oh, my God. That sounds wonderful. You lovely dork. Uh, Nikki, what are you fanning out about lately? Oy. Um, <laughs> the Real Housewives, all of the Real Housewives, really. It's just something that I started during the pandemic a year ago, and I watched almost every season. I'm almost there. Oh, my God. That's an undertaking. There's a lot of it's damn seasons. It's a big undertaking. How many seasons? There are over 80. <laughs> And I have watched over 60 of them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pandemic activity for sure. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, that's got a rich history as well. It's been on since 2006. It's And there's so many different franchises. It's basically like Drag Race. Uh, it's incredible, and I'm very involved in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so check all that stuff out, and make sure to check uh, Nikki Nazarell out. And also, you can check us out at at the Fandom Show Pod. Uh, it's actually at Fandom Show Pod. I'm on so Twitter. sorry. It's okay. I'm the one who maintains the Twitter account. Can I'm you fired. Um, so yeah, yeah, please reach out to us. Follow us. Compliment us. Please do not say mean things to us. We are gentle souls. So so gentle. We're at Fandom Show Pod on Twitter. And if you have any ideas for future episodes. If you want to catch up on past episodes or you just want to say hi, you can also find us at thefandomshow.com. Yeah. So, you know, lo- love what you love. And tell everyone about it. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 The Phantom Show. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.